You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Geekiest Show Ever, episode 66. Joining me, but this week possessed by the devil, is Kevin Older. Kevin, how are you going this week? I'm doing good, Mark. And, and for our listeners, if they're wondering why I'm possessed by the devil, sometimes it's just my arse that's possessed by the devil. But this week when I was getting ready to set up the show notes for re- recording, I accidentally, because I named the shows, we've had this discussion, uh, GSE underscore and the number of the show, because that's the only way Mark can remember it is by me naming it. And <laughs> so I, when I typed in 6-6, the third 6 mysteriously appeared. So we may be possessed. If we are, please remember us in our non-possessed form. <laughs> Indeed. And, and, and certainly, Kevin, you were just uh, only today trying to stop a wedding of a good friend of yours, actually. So you, you had the devil <laughs> in you today, my friend. Oh, I did. I was, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out first to my friend Robert and his lovely new wife, Erin. Congratulations on your nuptials. I was being a bit facetious. Um, I actually today sent him a couple text messages saying, it's not too late. I can come kidnap you. I'll bring an armed posse. Nothing. You will be blamed for nothing. <laughs> and uh, I actually had his fiance worried that I was going to um, stand up when they get to the part of the ceremony. Said, Does anyone object? I was going to stand up and say something. She was actually a little bit nervous about it. I was going to rustle some paper. But unfortunately... <laughs> Being possessed as I am today, more than my arse is, the uh, the traffic gods conspired against me, and I didn't get to the wedding at that point. I was li- I was about twenty minutes late getting to the wedding, so damn it all, I didn't get to cause any trouble. <laughs> yes, you are a troublemaker. But let's uh, let's get into our first couple of topics, Kevin. I know last week we spoke about E3 and we were looking forward to it. At least I was, but I gotta tell you, after Nintendo kind of announced a few games and so forth and it just fizzled out. I didn't really hear anything much from Sony, much from Microsoft and uh you know, basically if it isn't headline news I didn't check it out. So you know, someone's probably yelling at their iPod now going, Hey, no, hold on, they released this game and it's like yeah, because if there's no big fanfare, I don't care. And, you know, really, you know, I, I don't want to see new games. I want to see an evolution of game, and I want to see new equipment that I can purchase to have a more immersive uh, gaming experience. And uh, unfortunately, I, I just don't think, besides Nintendo, there was much there this year. So um, certainly there was yeah. no announcements of a new PlayStation or a new Xbox. Um so who knows what's going to happen. It looks like people are going to have to put up with their systems for at least another year. So if you've been holding out or wanting to upgrade uh, your current equipment, you might as well go and do it. You'll get at least 12 months of good usage before it's uh, time to actually uh, you know, move away from it. You know, something interesting. I didn't catch any headlines. I've, I've been very busy at work, but that's beside the point. But even at nights when I would sit down and... Um, Look, I saw no major headlines coming out of E3. And the funny thing is, you know, with all that, um, the, the Xbox and all that stuff, because I'm an Xbox player, have been when I get time, I ha- and I still have my original Xbox. I don't have a 360, but frankly, I had so many good titles for my Xbox that I haven't had any great desire, you know, to to move away from it. And when we have, I've done it on the Wii, and we've talked about playing on the Wii before. 
But, you know, the funny thing is, my Xbox might be starting to show a little bit of its age. I think I got it in 2003, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, it was, yeah, or Christmas 2002, actually, I got it. So, I mean, this thing's coming up on 10 years old. I'm hunting around because I like it so much. I'm going to see if I can find a used one at one of the game game suppliers around here and put it away because Mm -hmm. there are still a ton of games that my kids and I play on that thing, and we absolutely adore it. And I haven't seen anything come out that was, you know, talking about E3, there was nothing compelling, you know, from yours and my perspective, and I'm sure somebody's screaming and shouting at the iPod or their whatever it is to say that, yeah, there was, but, you know, and the Xbox 360, it's getting long in the tooth, as well as the PS3. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't touch a, an Xbox 360 at the moment, and the only reason why is because it doesn't have the Blu-ray capabilities that the PlayStation has. So, you know, once they move up to the next generation, you know, you, you can't even use it in, in the spare room, for instance, or in the holiday house, or, you know, uh, it, it doesn't really retain its value well, unfortunately. Uh, now, so, some people would say, yeah, but last week you were saying what well, Nintendo doesn't either and you're a fan of them. And it's like, yeah, but they set out to be, uh, you know, gaming only. When the Xbox 360 was released, they supported the HD DVD format. Right. And they right. had the external drive for, I think, retailed for maybe 200, was, US, uh, 200 Australian dollars. It was pretty It was pricey. 200 US. It was yeah. 200 US. Uh, so it was fairly expensive, and you know we all know what happened with the the format wars. You know, Blu-ray won the game, and and frankly, Blu-ray is great quality. There's no arguments there. But I, I feel that at the time, uh, the HD DVD was just a, a little bit more flexible um, for both the consumer and the the manufacturer. Uh, but mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, you know, you get something like the PlayStation coming in uh, that support Blu-ray. And, you know, that's a big additional market. You know, people wanting the the latest gaming equipment. You know, whether or not they actually sell the Blu-ray movies on disc, they're moving the Blu-ray players. So, you know, it it was inevitable that one would fail and one would succeed. And, um, you know, it's a shame that they just couldn't keep both of it. It was very similar, I guess, to the DVD minus R and the DVD plus R days and so forth. Yeah. You know, tiny little differences, not much of a difference, but enough that it's incompatible. And you look at it and you think, you know, just just make one of these players that, you know, is fully compatible. And certainly I know LG for a while, I'm not sure if they still do, but for a while they actually uh, had a player that could play both formats, which was that, uh, good. That's right, I forgot about I forgot about that. Well, you know, it, it harkens back to the old days... Um, you're probably not old enough to remember the VHS Betamax Wars. Well, when, uh, huh? in, I'm, I'm old enough to know of them. I, I, I was right. uh, I was far from an, an itch in my daddy's pants by that stage. I was <laughs> I, I, I was in the real world, Kevin. I um, you know, it, it was 1989 by the time we actually picked up a. Uh, I've, I've got Kevin in hysterics. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's turned himself on mute almost. <laughs> oh, my God. An itch in your daddy's... Oh, that's the one I had not heard. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it was 1989 before we actually picked up a, a home video recorder, and we picked up a, a Philips-branded one that was VHS by that stage. So, you know, but you still went to the, the video stores to hire movies, and you'd still 
have the Betamax all, and then the all went to the Betamax corner, and then the corner went to the Betamax shelf. And um, you know what's amazing is, again, with that format, Betamax, and you know, some people may disagree, but Betamax was a, a much higher quality format than VHS was. But due to yep. marketing and due to the porn industry taking on yeah. VHS, you yeah. know, Betamax lost out. But, you know, it's proof positive that even into the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, probably even today, uh, you know, television production and, um, you know, high-end camera equipment and so forth is still, or still was, only a few years ago, using the Betamax uh, format. And, um, you know, that's changed over the years. They've done the, the Betamax digital formats as well uh, right. to, to bring it up to standard. But, you know, it was, it was a pretty good format. Um, I, I personally didn't see anything wrong with it. But, yes, the, the porn industry does control everything everything that yeah. goes on almost, um, hence the explosion it, it, of the internet as well. Yeah, it's truly amazing that that helped decide the the, the difference between VHS and Betamax. I remember, um, and, and this will this will be a little telling too. I remember when I bought the first VHS player, and then uh, I paid some god awful amount for a, a Zenith VHS player, and then um, and then I got a second one, and then I ran a little we'll call it service. So that you could You duplicated make... the types, didn't you, Kevin? <laughs> no, I'm not going to say I actually duplicated if it accident that both both machines got turned on at the same time. And one had and record the... going. <laughs> yeah, one had record going. You know, accidents happen. But, but you know, that, you know, that was back in the days when you go to the video store, you'd hire a movie, you'd bring it home. If you liked it, you just went, hey, I'm just, I'll copy it onto another blank tape. And... That, that was also the time, though, when video purchasing wasn't as big as DVD and Blu-ray and then digital downloads is today. You know, it was hard to get a movie. I remember, and I don't know if it's they the were... same in the US, but I wanted so badly the uh, 1989 Jack Nicholson uh, Batman, and mm-hmm. I had to wait three years for the video to actually be released to purchase. The only way you could actually get it was to actually go... And, and get the rental. So it was a, a hell of a long wait. And, um, you know, that that was when you just went, okay, well, I'll, I'll just connect those two together and I'll make a, a shoddy copy. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't great, but you got to see it. Thankfully, now we've got, you know, uh, copies through, you know, wonderful different means immediately as soon as it comes out of theatres. Um, but back then, it, it was a, a different world. So I, I don't think anyone would be... Uh, disappointed in, in making duplicates at, at that time and, and certainly look we've all been you know we've talked piracy and, and so forth on the show quite a lot before bottom line is whilst they're still making uh devices that you can record uh onto a, a disc onto a, a you know vhs tape onto a hard drive from commercial tv you know tough luck you know people are going to yeah. pirate it's like don't movie companies go hunt out get rid of these guys first say no it's not okay to record what's on tv and uh then come after people who pirate content don't don't go after the the end user first when the the big companies some of which are your parent companies are supporting the piracy movement by allowing you to record off tv if you look at um sony uh anything that sony releases they've got their 
their arm of motion pictures and then they've got their arm of, of products and you know their arm of products can record off commercial TVs so it just doesn't make sense yeah. it's you know I always say you know they're not having lunch together at the same table the the two different groups uh, and you know we see that oh, that's at, for sure yeah we see that a bit in Samsung as well where you know they're a big manufacturing supplier for Apple for the iPhone and the iPad. And then they're a massive competitor and suing each other when it comes to the actual devices being on the market. It's like, can't you guys just get along? You know, find out what really, you know, Samsung does have some great products. But honestly, stop suing each other. Just release good products, compete against each other. And, um, you know, the consumer will choose who wins. The consumers will decide who they spend their money with. I've always said I'm a big fan of Apple today. If they screw up and they do something crappy down the track, I'm walking away. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie about that, and I will not put up with something that I believe is substandard. You know, Apple yeah, is the bar today that every other company has to to meet and match. That's not to say that they'll be there in five years' time. No, and, and oddly enough, I I don't think I've made it any secret. I have not, I've only been a, a full time Apple user for what about six years, but I've dabbled for probably twelve years. Mm-hmm. I've had various older Macs. You you chastised me for selling one of the old boys the other the other week at the yard sale. As long as um, he went to a good home. No, he went to a good home. He's still out in the damn garage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> No, he's going to the electronics recycling if 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 I can't oh, get somebody to buy. Do, do you remember the movie Short Circuit from eighty six, eighty seven, and, and yes. how when he finds out he's alive, and then he finds out what disassembled means, you know, yeah. and and disassembled dead, disassembled dead, and and you know when when you say you know electronics recycling, I go no, not disassembled. <laughs> Don't disassemble Johnny Five. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, Mark, get, well, I'll, I'll ship it. I'll ship it down to you, and then you can have it to keep there. I'm sure Gretel would really appreciate you having another old computer setting around. Uh, wouldn't she? I, look, I, I must admit, in all honesty, I've got my old original LC five seven five sitting out in the shed as well. You know, it, it doesn't get any love, and it's actually a shame. I, I miss having it around, but. You know, now that the kids have their own rooms and then they've got all these toys and everything, I, I just don't have space to have my old gear hanging around. So, uh, I'm, you know, it, it, they're not worth anything either. So, you know, they're not valuable in yeah. any way. Um, they're, not, they're functional for, you know, basic things, but, you know, they're no longer... Unless you're doing something like writing a, a novel and, and putting it on a floppy disk, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> That, that no one's ever going to be able to read and see. Well, you know, it, it might work well as a personal diary, I think, uh, would probably be a good usage for it. Um, yeah. The, you know, I still got sitting on my desk at work. I keep it there just as, uh, just for my fan fanboy uh, cred, I guess, for lack of a I've got a classic, is it a classic two or a classic uh, sitting there on my desk? It still works. Yeah, those classics it, were beautiful machines. I had a classic... And then I had a classic color. I did I know. Mine's not the color one. Mine's the. I think mine's a classic too. That was a black and white. Yeah, that that were just beautiful machines back in the day. And um, you know how how amazing is it that you know it's not that long ago, and that was bleeding edge. That was just amazing computing. And today we look at it and go, 
Yeah, what what did we do on that? And yet I remembered countless hours and countless days sitting in front, you know, tweaking it, playing with things, getting into the file system, seeing what was there, seeing what I could do, um, you know, pushing the limits. And now it's like, yeah, jeez. <laughs> Boy, isn't it different? Yeah. It's just in- totally incredible. You know that you talk about that and get a, a, come, coming full circle back to videotapes. When I was cleaning out, as our listeners know, I, I moved office and we cleaned out and I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff, hence the poor little machine out on the curb being sold. The, one of the old videotapes I found, and I didn't get rid of it, I want to keep it, it's an old Apple marketing videotape that goes, why buy a Mac for business? And it goes to these people that are, you know, running the most powerful spreadsheet of all, you know, Excel. (laughs) And this is when Excel only, I think at that point in time, it only existed on the Mac. Because that's, am I not right? Didn't Excel just come out first for the Mac and then it came over to the PC? I can't remember anymore. I think think that might be correct because... um yeah, because back in when when the Mac came out, it was still DOS days on on the Windows side, on the Microsoft right. side of things. They hadn't launched Windows at that stage, so that would probably be correct. Because I, I know there's been videos floating around for years of um, you know th- these conferences that uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were a part of, where Bill Gates you know really praised the Macintosh and, and said that we're throwing all our our effort and, and uh, you know, programming strength and that into the Macintosh platform. And, um, yeah, boy, didn't that change. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I somehow I need to digitize that tape before it's lost. It is really cool to watch. I, I ask, my wife goes, why the hell are you watching something like that? I mean, the technology's so far out of date. But I can't help myself sometimes watching that old stuff. Yeah, so, it's really good to go back to the old stuff. You know, recently they've been releasing a, a lot of the keynote presentations that Steve Jobs did and and the old things uh, digital conference. They've released previous year's editions of, of the interviews and so forth. And that kind of stuff's just really cool to go back and watch and go, wow, you know, so much excitement. And, and, and you sit there and you remember the anticipation that you were going through that period in time. And then when you saw that product... You remember how excited you were over it. Now we just look at it and it's like, oh, yeah, that iPod. Oh, geez. God, it looks a little bit banged up and a bit yucky. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's not really doing well anymore. But, you know, back then, at the, you know, it's like now, you know, we're coming up this uh, this week for another big conference, uh, WWDC 2012. And we're all on the edge of our seats. Okay, what's the new equipment that we can buy? How right. fast is it? You know, is Kevin's... Uh, great big iMac are uh, going to be, you know, one generation old come this week. And, um, yeah. you know, we're all sitting on the edge of our seat going, wow, this is cool. And the surprising thing is that, you know, everything then ages. As soon as that happens, everything that's current and new then becomes old. But, it, yeah. you know, the excitement's still there. The excitement... I, I remember when you got your 27-inch iMac, you know, you went off on Twitter, you know? It was just I couldn't constant, contain myself. No, it was just a constant stream of happiness. And so, you know, going back to when things were announced and, and then reminiscing um, on, on past technological adventures is just absolutely amazing. It, it's 
part of who we are, I think. And certainly I noticed that non-geeks don't get it. Uh, non-technical people don't get it. They just think of it as an older device or, oh, God, that device cost $800. What do you mean it's no longer any good? They expect it to last for 20 years. Yeah. Um, whereas we're always looking for the, the next best thing. But at the same time, never forgetting what was the uh, the greatest thing in the world. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I'll go back uh, and watch the old commercials like for Vic 20s, Commodore 64s, you know, because uh, was it William Shatner did the uh, Vic 20 commercials? I, I don't know if they aired in Australia, no, but you know, I it's him. Them. I'd, I'd have to look them up on YouTube. You, you ought to, because it's really funny to see, you know, uh, uh, Cap, or, uh, Captain Kirk doing the commercial for the hot new computer, the Commodore Vic 20, you know, <laughs> and all this stuff. It was. It's truly amazing when you look at it and see those old ads. Um, well, you, you know, know, some of the ads I love are those Intel ads where they dance. Um, and I forget whether it was the, the Pentium 3 or 4 processor, um, whichever it was for, but they, they had uh, one of the BG's songs, I think it was um, St- oh, Staying yeah. Alive, was it? I no, it might, oh. might not have been Stan. That mightn't have been a good son for it. It, it was one of them. Oh, and I, you know what? I, I just can't remember. But it was such a good ad. It was showing the manufacturing <coughs> process of the wafers all the way through to the, the CPU chips and, and everything that goes into making up, you know, this, this incredible Pentium chip. And, um, you know, it, it was just wonderful to see. It was just a, a cool ad. And, and sometimes they hit those ads out of the ballpark. Other times it's like... Wow, that's strange. You know, the the latest run of ads that Apple have done uh, where they're pulling in, uh, you know, big-name people like um, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, I forget the other, uh, John Malkovich. Uh, I honestly, seriously, I haven't really watched the John Malkovich one properly, so I won't comment on that. But the Samuel L. Jackson one, that is not a Samuel L. Jackson ad. I mean, you know, he's in his home and he's trying to, you know, do something in the kitchen. It's like, come on. Give the guy a, a, a cigarette, you know, give him a gun, put him back in the Pulp Fiction days and make him swear <laughs> at Siri, you know, just just let it rip, you know. That guy is known for his profanity. He's not known for his, you know, personal life persona. He's known for his persona in the movies. And I just, I, I felt it was, I looked at him and I just went, man, as a Samuel L. Jackson fan, that sucked. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough when, especially when somebody has a, such a successful ad campaign and and to follow it on. I mean, you look at the old uh, "I'm a PC, I'm a Mac" ads; those they, are just they were class, absolutely I still, perfect. I still go back and watch those. And you look at Microsoft; they really tried. They had the ones with Jerry Seinfeld and you know Bill Gates, and they were very. Um, that that was weird, credit. though, that one where, where Bill Gates was in the shoe shop and, and Son, it, it was him and the, trying on shoes and then Seinfeld was helping him decide or something. But it was really bizarre. It just it didn't really make a lot of sense. And I know sometimes marketing people, you know, go down those those avenues to do ads to sort of shock you so that then you think, oh, okay, yeah, cool, you know, Microsoft, Windows, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it just ended up, I remember at the time it just got, weird press where everyone's going um is there meant to be a part two to this that we don't understand or is this it you know and it was just a little bit strange it was but you know when you talk about odd ads there's a an ad running 
and I can't remember what it's for here in the States anyway. I can tell you what the ad is, but I can't tell you what the hell the product is. And to me, when you make that kind of, it, it's got these people, they jump out of a vehicle and they start running along and there's like a tomatoes floating in the air and they're running through these tomatoes and they're ex- popping and exploding. Is or for tomato sauce you, or something? <laughs> no, it's, that's what I mean. It, it has nothing to do with tomatoes. It, it, it ha- it's, it's a completely different product. I'm going, I really can't see the connection. Then they get to the product. It might be for a, a soda or a juice or no, it's not a juice. Maybe it's a soda or a pair of jeans. I don't know. It's <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Then they run along, and then all of a sudden the tomatoes are hitting them, and they're falling in them, and they're all over the road. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? None of this stuff makes any sense. Come on, people. At least connect the two. I'm too stupid to get the artsy-fartsy um, uh, connection. You know, the- <laughs> yeah. Like... You know, I'm a simple guy for the most part. Please don't get complicated with your crap and, you know, make these ads all, you know, ethereal or whatever the hell the word is for it. It's like, because I, I just freaking don't get it, guys. I mean, what do you ever do? There's a, a commercial that I watched for probably six months before I realized it was a commercial about a car. <laughs> I had no freaking clue what this commercial was about. What, what, what they're trying to do, send subliminal messaging or something through the television screen to say, buy this car, buy this car, but they, they just don't tell you what it is. That's crazy. It's either that or my brain's not wired correctly, or, or my brain's <laughs> wired, or it's wired uh, to some other part of my anatomy that keeps it from thinking clearly. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, if you sit on it, Kevin, it won't work too well. <laughs> it's a case of suffering from what we like to call optical rectitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy we, uh, we have interesting topics on this show don't we <laughs> we, we do we, we we like to keep our listeners guessing as to what where we'll go with some weird tangent um yeah you, you know what kevin i think next week we might try a, a new little system for the show which is uh a word of the week and we'll, we'll try a word one of us will mention the word and then we'll try and make a conversation last for an hour out of it and bring it around geekiness. Um, that'll be interesting. I like that idea. Really like that idea. That's yeah. a, that could be a lot of fun. Or it could go horribly wrong and we could totally be embarrassed. One well, or the other, but either way, it'll work out. Well, we've done pretty well on this show so far because we're half an hour in and, and we've just gone from one topic to the next and we haven't even touched on the show notes. I, I think this we is- could... We could call ourselves professional podcasters, unless, of course, you consider professional podcasters being the guys that actually get paid to podcast, and then we're not, we're kind of just poor little podcasters. Yeah. We're, what, what did um, uh, Mark Shepard call us? Uh, grassroots podcasters. Oh, you know what? Very I was bad. proud of that term. I was too. It made me. It made me beam. I even showed a couple people at work. I said, "Look, look, I'm being called a grassroots podcaster. This is somebody that's." In there doing it the the old fashioned the the hard we, way. We and, don't need sponsors. We don't need money. We don't need big setups. Although we'd like it. And we don't need no listening. We'd like it. <laughs> and we don't need no stinking brains, man. We just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, uh, before we get off too much of a tangent, let's swing it back to last week's show. And why am I saying too much of a tangent? We're already on a tangent. Um, you know, it, it's this 
Oh, what what does Doc Brown say? It's the the space when time space time space time continuum. Yeah, but it, the the timeline skewed into this tangent and created yes. an alternate nineteen eighty five. Uh, there you go. And, and that's what we do. Every time we do this show, we go into an alternate 2012 and... <laughs> 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 yeah, in, in my dreams. Um, <laughs> seriously, I do dream about that kind of stuff, you know. As, as long as I'm not in the dream, I'm really good with it. It's okay. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've got to say, I, uh, I generally have, you know... Uh, Actually, I won't say what I have in my dreams. <laughs> I was just say that. No, no, that might even to be too far for us. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be. I was, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know what? If I died tomorrow, and then Gretel ever listened back to this episode, she might be a tad embarrassed about my dreams and what I dream about. So we better not go there. And <laughs> you know what? Now all the listeners will want to know what I dream about. Isn't that creepy? Anyway, um, so last week, both on- listeners. Both listeners, uh, the the man who shall remain nameless, and uh, and Mark Shepard, and uh, there you I'm, go. I'm, I'm sure we've got at least one or two others, but you know, b- besides <laughs> them, that's it. Um, so last week we were talking about apps and and how I have turned around and used these portable devices to be basically a work machine, and um, it looks like Kevin might be spending a little money. Bastard. The, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, you know yeah, what? They're... It's always great when you can get someone else to spend money and, and you know, pull them across. It, you know, reminds me of um, uh, De Niro in uh, Godfather 3 where he, he turns around and he, he said, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Back in. <laughs> and um, that, that's, what, that's what we do on these shows. So uh, what, what do we encourage you to buy? Well, let's see. You know, even though I don't update my blog very often, Blogsy, not really sure why the hell I bought that, but... Well, now, now, now you've got no excuse. Now the listeners are going to expect you to have a post out at least once a week. At least they do... They can expect... It, it, they well, can expect all they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, uh, you know what? You, you could always talk about our, our rendezvous and the craziness of the geekiest show ever studio. Um, be 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 careful about how you use that word rendezvous here in the, here in the states. It has a little bit more of a romantic uh, connotation to it, and we really don't want our listeners thinking we're having any, <laughs> anything else. We don't want to catch crap for that. So. Noted. <laughs> just, just just be very careful. So so, so if, if I if I said that you know we'll rendezvous at, at, at twelve o'clock. That 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 wouldn't be good on on the U.S. side of things. <laughs> it can be taken both ways, so so we'll 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 leave it as a interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. Know, it's, al- it's always good to see how the other side of the world lives and how different. Uh, you know, the, there's a, a word that I I couldn't use. I was doing a, an ad for John Nemo, and it's an Australian slang word. And I, I think I mentioned it to you, Kevin, and um, it was one that had a completely different meaning in the U.S. that I had. No idea that it actually meant that, and I went, okay, we definitely cannot use that. So um, yeah, it, it's quite unique, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to use it on this show because I, I don't, you know, we've got the explicit tag, but I don't want to be too inappropriate, um, you know. But out here in Australia, it's a common word that we just throw around, but in the US, it's very, very offensive and, and means something completely different to what it's intended out here. So it's really interesting because. 
in so many ways we're alike, but in in many many ways we're completely different. Yeah, it is. It the um, well, you know, I've been on uh, the Tech Lounge Mark Dalton show mm-hmm. a couple of times, and I have to watch myself. I get corrected when I say something about my pants, and they <laughs> and again they always say, "Not your pants." Your trousers. And I went, oh, yes, my trousers. Because I said something about I had something in my pants. And, and I can remember Mark and uh, uh, John Pratchett both looking at me going, whoa, 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 what do you got in your pants? What are you talking about? What's in your pants for? And I said, I mean my underwear. But, and they said, you mean your trousers. And I went, oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. You know what? For some reason, the Tech Lounge talks a lot about pants and a lot about trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you and Jeff Gammon are on, you two just go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, as long as you're not taking was... stuff off in the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 there's no. Well, you know, I might take my kilt off. No, no, we won't go down that road. <laughs> we definitely don't want to go down that road. So, but uh, all right. So I bought so Blogsy, IA Writer. Damn it, um, or no, not damn it on the application, but I'm buying it. Um. FX Photo Studio HD. I'm not even sure why. I've got other stuff. But, yeah, but for some cool. reason... Scott recommended yeah, I, it. <laughs> oh, now, you, now you said his name. No, but that, that'll keep him listening for another week, you see. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I may finally cave on Downcast. Downcast is really, really good. The, the only problem I've come across it is if you subscribe to video podcasts... Wow, they fill up your iPad or iPhone really quickly. Admittedly, I've, I've only got the 16 gig devices, so you know it's going to fill it up quick. But um, you've just got to watch the the file size with those video ones. So uh, you know things like uh, the Tech Lounge, I get uh, down in video, and I'm still watching MacBreak Weekly in video. Uh, so yeah, they they chew up a quite a little bit of data. But otherwise, it's a, a fantastic application, and certainly audio wise, it's brilliant. Yeah, those are the ones. Now, I already have pages. I don't really have a, a need for Twisted Wave because no, I don't not, do... Not, not unless I make you edit these shows. <laughs> and I wouldn't be that cruel, Kevin. I know how to I know how to edit them. Say, here's the beginning and here's the end. It's edited. <laughs> chop off the crap. Chop off what our listeners don't hear. I, it, you know, I've already got Dropbox. I've already got Skype. I can't mm-hmm. use FaceTime on my... Uh, uh, iPad because mine's still a first gen. Ah, yeah, of course. And I don't think iMovie will run on mine either. No, I, I think no, there is won't. a way to install it. Um, there is, but it, it's not supported, and it, it's I don't hack. think it runs really well either. So no, um, it's probably not worth even trying. No, that's uh, but those are the ones I'm going to buy. And on top of that, I'm back looking at keyboards and 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 stuff like that. I mean, I love the Apple Wireless keyboard. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the ones that I've been looking at, I've been looking at. I can't remember the one from. There's one from Logitech, uh, one from Zag. I've been looking at. They're like fifty two bucks on Amazon, and they're the ones that they have the case for the keyboard, and they have a keyboard that's a lot like the the Apple keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the case for the keyboard is also a stand for the iPad. Yeah, I've seen those ones and been tempted a couple of times. And they're not that expensive, actually. Um, no, like it's 52 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, 52 bucks on Amazon. I paid more than that for the uh, folio case. It had one of the, it has one of those really crappy rubber, oh, uh, like, membranes. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. If anybody, I'm trying. I gotta sell that thing to somebody or donate it someplace because that thing's a piece. Yeah. That, that 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 one can go to the recycling. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the reason I like these too, and the 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 one reason I never liked Apple's original keyboard combo thing that came out with the iPad one, uh, and a lot of the other ones, and the this one I've got is you were stuck with one orientation. Yes. I like to, you know, there are certain things I'd want to do in a landscape and certain things I'd want to do in a portrait orientation. You know what's funny? So, I actually use them in landscape. I don't use them very much in portrait. And you'd think, oh, why would you do that? Especially when you type in long form articles. And I, but I'm, that's why. Yeah. But I'm just so used to the, the iMac being that sort of wide screen that now having, you know, a, a straight up and down portrait screen is just strange to me just oh you know it's, it's a little bit crazy um so I, I use it in landscape mode well you know screen orientation is a really funny thing um i recently got a uh, a new laptop at work mine was uh, like four years old so they replaced it with a more current model nice machine it's a you know it's a windows machine but i'm in a corporate environment and that's okay i don't i don't care uh, it's a Dell it types. It's got a nice keyboard on it, nice trackpad and everything. Nice, uh, a lot lighter than the uh, previous machine I had and has just as good battery life. But it's funny, this machine and then with the combination of the monitor I've got sitting on my desk at work, because I have two computers on my desk at work because I sometimes have to do other things or I have to put it over on other networks. But on the main machine and on this laptop, everything's the widescreen format, which you know, most everybody's used to at this point in time. Mm -hmm. But when I have to go back to the other machine, my desktop machine at work, it has the the older style, um, you know, square, the not not a widescreen format monitor, mm -hmm. and it looks so freaking weird to do that. <laughs> and I thought it was so odd when I started seeing widescreen monitors. You know, even before I had my iMac, I had other widescreen just monitors I was using. And you get so used to this, and it was like, how in the heck did I ever work with that square format? But yet, I know, and I've got sitting over here behind me, and I'm pointing over my shoulder. The listeners can't see. Uh, Mark might be able to see. I've got a Dell UltraSharp, and, and Dell makes phenomenal monitors. Sorry, Apple. They really do make good monitors. But actually, Kevin, just on that topic, it's been said quite a few times over the years that the manufacturing plant that does the Apple displays and the Dell displays are the same plant. Uh, that, that, oh, that's the, true. The, the panels come from the same manufacturer. Obviously, the, the uh, internal operating systems... And then the internal components may not, but the actual panel itself um, is said to be identical. Yeah, that's true. I for, you're right. I'd forgotten. But I've got a Dell UltraSharp. It was the first LCD I think I ever... No, it's not the first LCD I ever bought. It's like the third one. It's gorgeous, the thing. I don't know how many years old, but it's that form factor where it's uh, more square than it is mm -hmm. round. And it just looks so odd to go back to that. And I don't remember why the hell we started on that tan. Oh, the landscape versus portrait <laughs> for the iPad. Duh. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I think the other reason why I don't use it is I use the smart cover as the stand for the iPad, uh, for mm -hmm. the iPad 2. And so not having another stand where I can prop it up to just forces me to use the landscape mode. Um, but yeah, even when I'm using it, you know, I prefer, you know, sitting in front of the TV on the lounge and I've got it in landscape mode. I just, I don't know, it's just the way I'm used to things, I guess. And I find that many apps, and including websites and so forth, present better 
yeah. in widescreen mode. The the portrait mode tends to squish a, a website, you know, quite small on the screen, and then you've got to enlarge it. Uh, and then the apps, if you look at, at cer- certain apps, um, and I'm thinking one um, that I don't like much in, in the portrait mode is TweetBot. Uh, I love it in, in landscape, but in portrait, it just changes where the menu's located, and I, I like it better in, in landscape. So each to their own, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I can't use it in portrait mode. It's got to be in landscape. Yeah, I use mine probably 90% of the time in, in portrait, actually probably higher, like 96, 97% of the time. Because a lot of times when I'm using it, especially recently, I'm on lynda.com, which, uh, by the way, lynda.com is totally awesome. If you want to learn whether it's a hard skill like programming or if you want to learn a soft skill like how to sell yourself. I mean, they've got courses all over the place. I encourage anybody to go out and you know, maybe we could get a little sponsorship out of that. But you know, the uh, it's a it's a great uh, site, and I use it in uh, port or landscape there most of the time. About the only thing I really do in portrait anymore is I never bought Tweetbot for the iPad, so I just run the version from that's on my phone mm-hmm. on the on the and of course when you, when I upscale it, it doesn't rotate. So, uh, but it's easy for me to read anyway. Uh, because when you upscale it, it's nice and big text. So when uh, w- when we get into our discussions online, say you and I, or maybe uh, you and I and he who shall remain nameless, uh, we get into our uh, lengthy discussions sometimes. Um, it's easy for an old guy like me to read them without even having to wear my glasses when I upscale <laughs> it like that. <laughs> it's only so. just a little bit pixelated for my liking. <laughs> Yeah, well, when your eyes get like mine, you don't have to worry about the pixelate because you don't see them that much. <laughs> so I take it the retina display is, is wasted on you then, Kevin. There's a lot of things wasted on me, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd just, figured that out. Well, just don't say that when your wife is around because uh, otherwise you won't get any new toys. <laughs> uh, no, she gives me a list every day of what's wasted on me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, too now, funny indeed now while we're on the topic of apps and so forth you buy the occasional software bundles have you bought one recently uh probably i didn't get a chance to today because like i said i was running around doing all kinds of things but the current one one of the current ones is out the mac update bundle absolutely looks phenomenal i'm looking at it here it's uh 49.99 it's got Parallels Desktop 7, which, you know, is okay. I've, I, I'm a VMware Fusion type of guy, but that's good. you got BusyCal. You've got ScreenFlow 3. I mean, heck, it's worth that for the price alone. Civilization 5, an interesting game. Um, a Better Finder uh, rename. And what was the other one I saw in here that was really good? Oh, My Living Desktop looks interesting to me. Hmm. I mean, for fifty bucks, that's just that's pretty darn good. I mean, you, know, you can't you, really knock that. You've mentioned that. parallels, you've mentioned Civilization Five, and you've mentioned Screenflow, and that's about a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars in value for forty nine dollars. Now, I'll be quite honest; I don't buy the bundles because I can't stand having crap or having purchased something that I'll never use. Um, yeah. So I, I I tend to just go and when I need an app I'll buy the app and so forth. But that is a good bundle. That's um 
you know, sometimes you'll get one, maybe two really good apps. That one's got at least three, possibly four. Well, BusyCal, because you hear, I mean, I don't know that I would use it, but I know a lot of people really love BusyCal. Yeah. But, I mean, what attracted me was or just ScreenFlow 3 itself. It normally sells for 100 bucks. You're getting it for half price hmm. right there. I mean, you can't knock it. Then I can become a screencasting guru, and much like yourself. And oh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm not a guru. That that goes to Don McAllister definitely. He's oh, the, oh yeah. He, he's the man without doubt. I just do little snippets here and there on YouTube that a few people watch periodically. Uh, and I don't you know, sell yourself short. I watch them. It, it's a lot of work to do that that kind of stuff. Even um, if you know what you're doing, it, it's then a lot of editing and post production to get it sounding reasonably good, to get it looking good, to um, you know to just even tweak little things because you think, oh, yeah, you know, hey, I know how to do this. And then by the time you've got to the end, you're like, oh, but I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention that. And I've got to go back and, and redo a section. And it can take a very long time. Even just, you know, my limit is, is around five minutes. And that can take a good few hours to record, then edit, then uh, release it. So it is... Um, you know, regardless of who does these, uh, whether it's someone as big and, and uh, successful as Don McAllister, as, you know, entry level as, as me or a few other people out there on YouTube, um, you know, respect people. You know, admittedly, oh, yeah. you, you see some comments on YouTube and they're just atrocious. You know, I've had comments before that my voice is whiny and I'm not listening, you know, to this because I can't stand your voice. And it's like, okay, fine, thank you, but why in God's name leave a comment like that? Just move along to the next person. Don't be mean to these people. These people take their time and effort to pump out some interest and information that some people will get benefit from. Um, you know, I've even had someone say uh, in a comment that, you know, um, instructor said this was a, a quick tip, but, you know, what could have been told in, in 30 seconds was told in three minutes. And it's like, yes, but you've got to understand that when we're actually recording these, we go for the lowest common denominator, the person who knows nothing. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not targeting you, Kevin, as being the person who I want to actually watch <laughs> my my shows, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not targeting, you know, people that necessarily come on my shows uh, or that I associate with um, as, as peers. I'm, right. I'm, you know, going for that person who's, just bought their brand new iPad and it's their very first one. Uh, yep. So, of course, I'm going to dumb it down and I'm going to make it basic. But if you don't like that, don't criticize it. I've put in time and effort. And so is everyone else who, who does this. And, you know, it, it's the same thing with podcasting. I, I really get annoyed when people go on a little bit too much about how bad a certain podcast is or, or whatever else. Or they criticize overly too much. And look, I, I do it as well at different times. But, you know, for the most part, many people don't make a dime off podcasts and it's just for the love of it and, and a passion to do it. And, you know, what's the use in, in giving a bad reputation to someone or, or throwing bad information out about someone? You know, it's their, yeah, little, I mean, their little domain, you know. And sometimes we all make mistakes you know i'm sure i've made mistakes on my shows when i've claimed something that isn't true um you know we don't know everything we just try hard we tried to uh get a good show out for the listeners and you know people who just trolls trolls on the internet just yeah oh, 
boy, I wish I could just find them all, put them in a hole and bury them alive. And uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's the devil yeah. coming at him, mate. <laughs> uh, see, that 666 was prophetic. Um, but no, you know, it's it's true. We, we do this for the passion of it. You and I aren't getting paid. We, you know, we had the opportunity to take this show and we absolutely enjoy doing it. I mean, it's great fun. You know, we're not. And, and yet the we, man we, who shall remain nameless constantly complains about what we talk about. <laughs> oh my God. Every week there's something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do pick our topics from the things that he says he doesn't want to hear any more about. So that was, that might have a little bit of impact. All, on all you need to do is follow his Twitter feed and it's like, yep. Okay. I can see what you've got to be in your bonnet about this week. Let's, let's choose this topic <laughs> and, uh, and hit on that. So, uh, you know, certainly we we enjoy it though. It's it's good backwards and forwards, and um, you know, opinions are always good. I'm not saying that opinions aren't aren't required because they oh. certainly are. Even negative opinions, we love getting. But please don't be derogatory. I think is probably the key word um, towards people who create content. You know, if you don't like it, move along. If you've got something constructive, a, a criticism that's constructive to add to say. You know, I feel you could do this show a little bit better if you did this, or could you please talk about, or, or could you not talk about this anymore? You know, we'll listen, we'll hear that, and we'll make changes, and so will every other podcaster out there. You know, the, the, yeah. big, the bigger podcasters, maybe not. You know, the the uh, twit networks of this world and that, they're probably just a little bit too large to, you know, respond to, you know, everyone's opinion, but smaller shows like ours... Um, oh, yeah. You know, we'll certainly listen to what the, the listeners are saying. So just please yeah. make it constructive. And if you know anyone who trolls around the internet causing trouble, kick them in the ass for us, please. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Can, criticism, good or bad, as long as it's constructive, it's always appreciated. That's that's how we how we improve, whether it's in podcasting or in life. That's the that's the best way to do it. So, yeah, trolls are. Are 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 do nobody any good? So yeah, I, I, I just don't know what their their passion in life is. It's um, it's completely pointless. It's a waste of time, and yeah. they get nowhere. They they just get under people's skin. It's like really, what's the point? You know, uh, I I just I really don't understand their motivation. Um, they're, well, they're the dregs of I, society on the internet. They really are. Well, you know, trolls have existed in one shape, form, or fashion all the, in, in the history of man. And, and I don't mean the trolls as in the, um, the, 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 the things that live under bridges. Oh, uh, they're so cute. <laughs> they're so cute cuddly. Yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, trolls have always existed in life. They've always gone out and tried to make things miserable for other people. Um, it's just a shame, but you know, people are that way. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the most perfect person in the world, although I like to think I am. So, uh, so am I, Kevin, you know, yeah. Let, you like to think I'm the, you like to think I'm the most perfect person no, in the no, world. No, no, That's no, good, no, no, I'm the most perfect person in the world. <laughs> no, I am. I am. <laughs> let's, right. let's not go there, Kevin. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, what we get up we to. We do know the one person that's not the most perfect person in the world, but we won't go there either. Yeah, we we <laughs> we uh, will leave that 
name to remain <laughs> man so. to remain nameless whatever i'm screwing that part yeah. up but anyway <laughs> yeah but uh we were talking about bundles we'll come back around too there is another good one out there it's called the productivity bundle um now it has a couple of good apps in it and it's a little cheaper no it's the same price it's 50 bucks i stop motion too uh which is interesting to me little snapper which i got in a bundle eons what, what's ago little snapper it's a screenshot utility and editor for the Mac. It's a really nice little utility. Oh, I like God. it. Hasn't anyone heard of the application Grab? Oh, nothing. Seriously, you can take screen. I'm, I'm turning this into not another Mac podcast now. You can take screenshots in the Grab application, which is in the utilities folder. You can take right. screenshots from within Preview, and you can take it using about 20 different keystrokes on your keyboard. And if you need another application to take screenshots, you are not using your Mac properly. My opinion. Yeah, no, I, I'm like I said before. I knew um, knew about it. I got in the habit of using Little Snapper, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of other features besides just taking screenshots. It, it's editor and all that. And then they've got Total Finder, um, Typeinator, which is uh, kind of a text expander uh, competitor, Default Folder X. Keyboard Maestro, Phone View, which I think I got that in a bundle a long time ago and never did load it. Um, Smashing Bundle, it's a group of books on web and web development, CSS. The Glyph Ocean Icon Set, Theme Fuse, and Phone 123. Now, this one doesn't uh, tempt me as much as the Mac Update Bundle does. No, that, that one's a bit boring for me, actually. <laughs> But now I, I have a question I, for I, you. I look at different finders. You know, I thought, okay, and it's like, no, I like the finder I've got. I'm not going to go and learn a new finder because then I've got to use it for the rest of time, and it's like ah, too hard. Anyway, sorry, hey, what, what's your question, Kevin? I was going to say you don't like to buy the bundles, or you have you ever bought them? I've never bought a bundle. Never. Never. Never have, oh. and possibly never will. I um. I don't like shovelware. I'm a big, big person against shovelware. And in those bundles, even if there's one application, which I'll never use, I class that as shovelware. Even if there's one application which, uh, you know, has a bad reputation, I'll class that as, as shovelware. And I just want nothing to do with it. I don't want to endorse it. You know, I want to endorse those companies that actually put out good content. And, you know, when they put out these software bundles, the individual developers of that application are not making as much money as they should be. And I, I just feel it degrades the, the quality of their their product. If I look at something like ScreenFlow, and I know that Don McAllister uses ScreenFlow and he, um, he recommends it every time it's in a software bundle. And I keep thinking, mate, you're making a lot of money off this little application. You know, thank the developers by making sure that they get sales at the full price. Don't don't shortchange them. And I just feel bundles shortchange developers. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me. It's great for consumers. I just don't feel it's good for the develop, uh, the developer market. Yeah, I, I've heard that. I, I've heard that opinion many times before myself. And, you know, I, I can't, I can't say that I agree with that. And I can't say that I disagree with it. I mean, Especially when I started buying more modern and getting away from what either came with my Mac 
or getting away from uh, you know whatever uh, open source stuff I would buy. I, the bundles got me started with a lot of things. Now you talk about the shovelware, and there is stuff in that. I know from the very first bundle I ever bought, and I can't remember which one it was now. I've only bought like two or I guess maybe three at this point. Um, they're also starting to duplicate, so that's the other reason that uh, I don't always buy a bundle. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of those apps. I never even load. I buy them for when I buy the bundles. I buy them specifically for the as we were just talking about the two or three apps that are in them, and uh, that's what I buy them for. And I feel like, yeah, that's true that it does degrade the the app developer is getting a little less money, but I think in the long run the app developers get a good bit of um, publicity and. And they're okay with it because I've heard a lot of them talk about it. Because I know back, I think it was Leo did a show. Maybe it was one of the Mac Break Weeklies long, long time ago, where he had a couple of developers on there that had contributed to one of these bundles. And they said, you know, yeah, it does sound like we're undervaluing our software, but the 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 long term customer that we get, the fact that they're then buying upgrades, the fact that we've got them over on our side, they're spreading the word of mouth. People are buying it. Hey, they think it's worth it. They know what they're getting into when they do it. So yeah, that that's true. And you know, when I I just look at it, you know, just a, a little bit differently, I guess, than many people would. But it just doesn't make sense to me from a developer standpoint that I want to see them develop great new applications, keep pushing the envelope, and I, you know, I have no idea how much each developer would get out of a, a $50 deal, but it wouldn't be much. Um, and, you know, are, are people then really going from that and then paying for upgrades and, and so forth, uh, you know, to newer versions? Do they then become real customers or, or do they sort of never purchase from the company again? I'd be interested if anyone knew because I really don't. Um, it just seems to well, be... I have. Sorry, I have. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I have. I've, I've, there's been. Um, I used to use uh, Wiretap Studio all the time, and I I got it in a bundle a long, long time ago. And then I started getting the upgrades and you know paying for it. I bought some other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it has tended in some cases to make me a loyal customer. To uh, but now you're no certain- longer using Wiretap. No, I use Piezo. I don't use Wiretap because of its incompatibility with Lion. And I wonder if it's because they put it in too many bundles, didn't make enough money, and couldn't pay the developers to get it Lion compatible, Kevin. Mm, I don't we're, know. We're, I think we're, it's... we're up to 10.7.4. If right. a company can't get something Lion compatible by that stage, yeah, you got to question it. You know, you... I, there's that, and I think that the... This is my personal opinion. I don't know this. I haven't. I think the code base had gone to a point to where it was going to require a complete rewrite. And even at the full price of the product, which I think it's not that expensive full price. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I don't think there was enough money to be made to do a full rewrite on the product. Mm -hmm. I think there were too many other products coming out that, you know, we're basing themselves on the newer standards and stuff that Apple has put out there, and and, and that kept them from doing the rewrite. I think it be it's like you, you, you Windows itself. I mean, Microsoft never takes out the compatibility with older 
you know, older versions and stuff like that, because it would cost them a damn fortune to rip all that out, write clean code. And, you know, as much as they've made strides recently in the last few years about getting rid of the bugs and, you know, making security a more uh, important thing with Windows, it it just would cost them too much money to, to rip the guts out of something. I mean, I, you know, I've worked in the software business, you know, as, as in supporting software for 10 or 15 years. And when I've seen companies try to rip out, start over again, and these are companies that you pay tens of thousands of dollars a year to in support costs. And even then for them to completely rip it out and start over again, it's a multi-year process and you know it's it's just a pain and and I think that's I think that's more the case with with the application Wirecast. I think it just you know they, they or Wiretap Studio, I think they just it was a it was a dead end product unless they started over again and I don't think it was feasible to start over again. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, it's and, just and one that, of those that's certainly valid. You know, there's there's certainly uh you know times when starting over again OS nine to OS ten, absolutely perfect. It was the way to go. It was the way to change. But you can certainly see that you know, especially smaller developers. Um, you know, if there's a lot of of code to be done from scratch, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for them. So well, and, 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 un- and untangling all that. I mean, I'm not a huge coder, but untangling all that mess that you can write and stuff. I'm an old. I mean, I'm an old COBOL programmer, and it got to the point. You know, we used to, one of the big things we always did was we copied, uh, especially with reports and stuff that we wrote in COBOL, we copied stuff over and over again. And I can remember sitting there going one day, you know, I thought, God, this thing's taking forever to run. And then I started realizing all the code that I had used as the source, there was just crap everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was doing stuff needlessly. It was checking wait states that no longer needed to be checked on more modern hardware and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, I, I empathize with, with the coders. I mean, I still play around. I still write code, but I'm, I'm not a heavy-duty coder like I used to be. But, yeah, it's, it is. It's a pain in the butt to rip all the stuff out and start over again. Who was I? Was ta- somebody was talking the other day, and I don't remember. Oh, it was uh, somebody at work said that they knew people that instead of adding on to their homes, and I don't, I'm assuming this is something that's done in, in Australia too, where you might want to add a room onto your they, house or they something like that. They knock down and rebuild? Yeah, knock yeah. the whole damn house down and rebuild it because it's cheaper and easier to do that. And I'm just sitting there trying to imagine, wow. Well, what a, <laughs> could that happen? Yeah. yeah. But what a disposable society we live in when you think we about do. that. Well, you, so. you, you look at the, the big in, in the tech side of things, the big thing that is disposable is printers. You know, when, when you can buy a new printer with, you know, admittedly half a, a tank of ink, cheaper than you can buy a, a brand new ink cartridge, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, it's a disposable world. It, it's the same price with, it's the same thing with the price of computers. And, and specifically, I'll talk about Windows computers here. You know, out here they're sub five hundred dollars for fifteen inch laptops. They, yeah, know, they work. I don't know if they're any good, but they work. Um, but you know, that's a disposable income for some people. That'd be a lot of money. So you know, we shouldn't underestimate that. Uh, but for someone earning a decent salary, that's just a disposable income. You buy it for six months to a year. If it does the purpose, fine. Throw it out. Get another one. Um, 
Um, yeah, we are turning into worldwide a disposable society, and I don't think that's... It, it's certainly not good for the environment, and I don't think it's... No. Um, just a good in general. I, I think, you know, things used to be upgradable, um, let's put yes. it that way. And Apple's been one of those companies that for years have said, no, you need to buy a completely new product, you can't upgrade it. Uh, you know... Windows still you can upgrade. Uh, you know, admittedly, laptops you can't. So let's be clear on that. There's there are limitations, but you know, if you get a desktop tower, you can do it. Apple's only got one desktop tower. It hasn't been updated in two years. Um, yeah. And even then, they locked down the upgrades that you, you can do. You can't swap out the CPU in it and put a brand new CPU in it to to pick up speed. They say no, no, that's not what we're going to let you do. You have to buy a whole new system. Um, so very much they're leading um, the world in, in a disposable um, technological product as well. And uh, you, you even look at things like um, Android, a good, a good example. Uh, you can attach third-party uh, USB sticks and memory sticks into those Android tablets, which make it really, really easy for people to upgrade the, the data, for instance. Uh, I bought the iPad 2. I could only at the time afford the 16 gig model. But boy, I wish I had a 32 or a 64 gig. You can upgrade it. So, you know, some people don't bother telling me that you can, you know, get other different <laughs> ways to increase the storage. But it's skimped. You know, you've got to have this device connected to this device. So you've got to have this powered Wi-Fi hard drive. It's like, no, no, no. I just want to plug it in and it works. Android allows you to plug it in and, and expand that data capacity which is really cool so for someone who doesn't care if they've got the latest piece of gear they can always at least upgrade the storage capacity relatively easily and i think you know that's cool i like that technology it does give me the shits that apple doesn't give us that ability to do that i love the apple products and the, the whole apple ecosystem but, you know, we've spoken before about the Apple TV where you can't even put a USB hard drive onto it so that you can watch movies you've ripped from your own DVDs without having your Mac on, number one, and then having iTunes open as well. It's like, it's just, it's crazy. You should be able to have, really, they need an iTunes server almost, um, you know, that they could put into an airport extreme, I guess, Kevin, where, where you could have stuff stored there and then it just sucks it down to all of your devices because it, it irritates me massively that i need my mac on and, and itunes open and it's like it's got a usb port on the back for christ's sake let us use it you know anyway that's that's my rant uh, and uh you know I'll, I'll counter that with one word roku <laughs> you did that to me last week as well <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, as much of a fanboy as I am, I love my Roku. Yeah. You know, I, I do miss the, the PlayStation 3 for the ability of having that big internal hard drive. I had the 320 gig hard drive, and then I could attach a, a USB stick or a USB hard drive onto the back end of it. You know, it just made the living room experience so much more enjoyable, so much easier. Um and look, I love the Apple TV, but they're not helping consumers. All they're doing is forcing consumers to use iTunes and the iTunes ecosystem. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's not necessarily bad because it's, it's a good system, but it's still got its flaws and people don't necessarily want to support it. Um, 
Yeah, so the, I, the downcast coming out. Sorry, oh, that's what breaks downcast so popular. People trying to stay out of that that iTunes uh, nightmare as it is for a lot of people. I mean, uh, that's what and, downcast does. Absolutely, and I feel sorry for people using iTunes on Windows. That is the most atrocious piece of software that's ever been written in my life. Apple should be ashamed of themselves, and uh, I honestly. I, I know why people are coming across from the PC to the Mac because they want the iPad, they want the iPhone, but the bloody PC software that Apple's pumped out is a heap of fucking shit. It's just awful. It's really bad. But, you know, I have to take you to task on that. I've used iTunes on Windows, and I don't mind it. You're kidding. I really... Oh, no. No. I've used I it really on don't. Windows 7, and... Um, so it, Windows 7 has been updated. It's got the latest uh, service pack in it, which I, I can't remember what service pack they're up to now. Is it 2 or 1, Kevin? On Windows 7, I think it's service pack 2. Yeah. I, you know, though, I, ha- I haven't used iTunes in there. I've used iTunes in XP, and I've used it in, this makes me shudder, in Vista. Um, but it actually freaking works, Mark. I have not had the problems wow. that... I've heard so many people complain about it. And I'm granted, the biggest thing is getting, you know, when I'm in front of my Mac, I'm thinking Mac. And then when I get in front of the Windows machine, I think Windows. And the interface is very much decidedly Macintosh. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, ors, or buts about it. It looks like a piece of Mac software running on Windows. But the performance has been fine. Wow, that's, I, I, that's incredible because I've had the complete opposite. And I, admittedly, I've been using it on Windows 7. Uh, but it's compatible fully with Windows 7. There's no issue there. And everything else, I love Windows 7. I think it's the best version of Windows ever. But iTunes just, it blows chunks. It's really, really shocking. It, and I, I know a lot of people who agree with me on that. And, and But it's interesting oh, I do to, too. to come from... You know, someone who uses Windows, especially in the workplace as well, that you haven't had that problem with the iTunes app because it's just, it's flaky. It stalls. You you go to the iTunes store and it sits there and sits there and it thinks about it, thinks about it. Half the time you've got to close down the app. You've got to reopen it up. Uh, video, previewing a movie on Windows that you might want to hire or something. Oh, it's like pulling teeth. It just, it'll, it'll start, it'll get... Through, you know, half of the way through, and then it'll stop. And then it won't resume again. It's not a buffering issue. It just stops. And then you get this black or grey screen that's like, oh, for crying out loud. So I can't stand using iTunes on, on Windows because of that, because it's so flaky for me anyway. Now, I've got to load it in into my Windows 7 VM and see what it's like. I didn't... Yeah, I haven't do. I'd, I'd, I'd love to know what your experiences are under Windows 7 because my experiences have been nothing but, but trouble. And honestly, you know, I, I don't normally have sympathy for Windows users. This software makes me, you know, really have sympathy for them. It is just really badly done. Well, you know, I wonder... Well, no, I, know, I was going to say, I wonder if it's because of the size of my library in iTunes. But I know I had one hellacious large... And you know me, how many podcasts I have. We've had that mm-hmm. discussion, too. I mean, I've got 800 and some unlistened to podcasts and various versions and things like that in my iTunes library. It far exceeds the amount of music I have in there. But I don't remember it being a terrible experience. It's a much... 
improved experience on my Mac. I much prefer it on the Mac. But on Windows, my wife manages her music library for her iPod um, in iTunes. No problems. It it works fine. And granted, she doesn't have a ton of music in her library, but it's always worked. And they actually have had more trouble with the iPod than we have the... uh, (laughs) Than than the than the music library in iTunes, but I'm gonna have to load it in Windows Seven here in the next couple of weeks and give it a try and see what Absolutely. it's like. And you know what? Huh. For an, for anyone listening to the show, because Kevin and me are at loggerheads over whether it's good or bad on Windows. If you've used it on Windows, give us some feedback, audio feedback, or text feedback. Tell us if it blows chunks, or tell if it, tell us if the uh, the roses are. Uh, uh, you know, growing nicely across on the Windows side under iTunes, and uh, just send that to gse at mymac.com. And uh, Kevin, you know what? I think we've reached the end of the show. Certainly, I've got to get out on the, the road again and hope that no one kills me this time, unlike this morning <laughs> where they almost did, um, and get my kids down to, to swimming training. So uh, let's tell the listeners where you can be found for the next week, and uh, hopefully, it's not in hell at the right hand side of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm left-handed, so it would be there. Anyway, the, <laughs> um, you can find me over on Twitter. Decidedly, I haven't been quite as active there. You can find me at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or if you jump over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, you can find links to other things. And maybe since I now have blogsy and Mark's tried to shame me into doing more on my blog, I'll do it. Don't know that it'll work, but he can try. So, I'll, I'll, I'll keep shaming you every week. I'll, I'll ask every week what what's on Kevin's blog. <laughs> uh, dep- well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And you know what? I will be at the right hand side of the devil for the next week in hell because it is absolutely freezing in Sydney at the moment. We've just hit winter and oh, it's cold. And uh, But if, if you want to send me warm messages, simply uh, go across to everydaymaxsupport.com. There's a contact form there. It links to all the work that I do and you can find out, if you want to, more about me. Uh, also, check out uh, this week's interview episode of Not Another Mac Podcast because Scott Wilsey from Pocket Size Podcast interviews me. That's right. I'm not the one hosting the show. I'm not the one asking the questions. I'm the one answering the questions. And uh-huh. uh, so that should be an interesting show. Just, I, I hope it doesn't come across condescending or like I'm up myself or anything like that. I'm just trying to... I had a cancellation from a previous interview and I thought, oh, what can I do at the last minute? And I thought, well, maybe I could allow the listeners to learn a little bit more about their whiny, whingy Aussie show host. And uh, so with that, we'll we'll call the show a show. And uh, until next week, take care. Thank you for listening to the show and subscribing. And send all feedback to gse at mymac.com. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Hi, Timothy Gregoire here from the Church Tech Geeks podcast. Well, I'm about to run a sound check here at the church for a concert, but I want to take a quick moment to tell you about the Church Tech Geeks podcast. It's a weekly show that talks about all things live production and church technology. We talk about topics from live sound, lights, and media to building websites for your organization. Join me each week as I walk you through some useful skills or while I talk to special guests from Adam Christensen to Nate Rake in a media shout. Now, if you excuse me, I have the concert run. The Church Tech Geeks is a member of the Stoplight Network. It can be found in iTunes or at thechurchtechgeeks.com or in the Attack of the Stoplight Network feed.